Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Getting my dad to say I love you. To say what? Say he loves it. Outrageous. So, welcome to the final episode of the first series of Getting My Dad to Say I Love You, the podcast where I talk to my friends, colleagues, creators, find out about their parents, and most importantly, try and get them to help my dad say I love you to me. I've got my very good friend, ex-podcast partner, funny comedian, Carl Donnelly, in this final episode, Dad. You know Carl Donnelly. I do, yes. I remember when I first met him in... Um... God, it must go back. I think it was 2006 Edinburgh Festival. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, you were staying in a horrible, um, I think it was an ex-shop, I think. It was quite, it was the only advantage of it was relatively central, but it was uh, pretty grotty. And I'd come up to do the Edinburgh Book Fair. Yeah. um, And uh, the house was quite full of, Carl had Mrs. D Mark One with him. Always good to bring up a guest's uh, divorce pre again uh, being a guest on the podcast. But yep, carry on. Is that a bad thing to do? <laughs> well, I mean, it's fine. I didn't. I just said it was. Mark yes, one. I know. We can move. Well, on I mean, now. I didn't say you know. I mean, for all I know, he's gone and got three wives and converted uh... to some curious religious sect that you have particularly prevalent in America. Yeah. So we've got Carl on. Yeah. We know him very well. Yes, well, I haven't seen him for a long while. I hope he's well. He is well. Well, why don't I go and chat to him, see how well he is, maybe Good. not bring up his his, his uh, previous marriage and uh, see if uh, he's got any good tips for me. I was putting it in a setting. Lovely. You were painting a picture. Well, yes, although I can't... But maybe I should start painting, perhaps. <laughs> maybe you should. New thing, I'll start painting. Yeah, I'll sit outside the front front door with an easel that would attract lots of attention that would i don't know if it's going to be the right attention but phenomenal that you've gone to picture painting from me trying to introduce carl donnelly i'm going to chat to carl good friend he's hopefully going to be the final guy that convinces you to say i love you okay well he could be he could be a good ingredient in that as he's a good man yeah okay all right see you in a bit yeah hi carl hey how you doing you all right Good, you sound lovely. Oh, cool. How are you doing? I'm very How well, are you doing? You, Isn't it funny that I'm interviewing you? I just realised how funny that is. <laughs> it's so weird. It's, Inter- uh, interviewing one of my best friends is such a... We, when uh, me and Hannah did our little sort of weird pregnancy podcast, we had, we interviewed friends about their pregnancies. And it is, it's, it's a weird thing to attempt, isn't it? To sort of, you've got to sound a bit formal now and again. But I know. Your, your, it feels your like I should. I've, I should have a clipboard, and at the end of it, I should tell you if you've done a good job. <laughs> Recently, on these, I've been zooming with some friends, and we've been talking about how, essentially, um, and this isn't everyone, and th- I don't know if this is probably not you at all. Essentially, doing everything uh, in my life to prove to my <laughs> my parents that I'm not a failure. Do you never right. like not in a not in a like. I am. I'm not. This is not trying to be like super. But I just think it's. I think it's fascinating how. But even not. I never even thought that until I did a commercial out here, and it's just a commercial and whatever. UK, you know, you, you, no one wants to do commercials out here. You, it's kind of a step on on the acting scale and all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. It's a credit, <laughs> I sent, mate. I sent my mum a uh, 
a, a thing of me doing this commercial, which was like an internet, an, an international, a national one. So it's quite well paid. And I sent her it, and all she said was, "Whose idea was it to wear the hat?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like, obvious, I love obvious. It. But it's funny because I've never realised that. But that's just like I know your family is very Irish, and my yeah. mum is actually brought up Irish. My dad hates talking about love and uh, and sort of anything intimate like that. But he he's very nice and clearly is sort of happy with what I'm doing. But this is something very fascinating to me about how ultimately underneath all of this sort of veneer of stuff, I always find there's like a little bit of a, you want to do well to sort of, I don't know, I'd love to be in a place. I'm like, you know, see what happens. happens. Do you never have like, if you have a, sh- I don't know, it's weird because it's a subconscious versus conscious thing. I never think I'm like after a gig, my mum thinks I'm a failure. But do you, do you not like, do you never get like overrun by like, if you have a bad gig, do you never fucking go like, I need to go back, I need to fucking write this shit out and make it no. better. And then whether that's, in, I don't even think that's necessarily, it might be affected by your parents or anything. You never get that at all. Not in, not, I don't think I need to write it out or like, I don't, yeah, I, I, none of it is related to anyone else. Like, you know, my parents are, we've talked about this in private and you know you've seen me talk about it on stage enough where my parents are notoriously not unsupportive that's the wrong word but they're very proud of me but they're proud of me sort of because they're proper like working class Irish people who don't really they don't understand how I make a living you know what I mean they just can't believe I fly different parts of the world and do jokes and I get paid for it to them that is the most alien concept so they're proud of me but they don't understand it have they ever said? Shown, and they've never shown the interest in it. Have they ever said, I'm proud of you? Not a, no, of course not. Do you know oh, what's no, funny? Do you know what? That's, I don't know if that is. Maybe I'm a bit... Maybe. I might have just, you, I, that's a I bit harsh. I reckon, you... I reckon they might have, but not in a... Not in that sort of, you know, film sense where they go, I'm proud of you, son. I reckon in a very offhand... Like, my dad only... The first time my dad ever said, like, he loved me was in such an offhand manner, like... And yes! it would have been... It this would have been so much. A, this is what I, I reckon it was genuinely in the last decade. My dad's 81 years old now, and I've never heard that man utter the word love, right? He's just not that cut from that sort of cloth. And then I remember it about probably yeah, seven or eight years ago, probably. He was, you know, he was old enough that I genuinely think he just realised that, oh, probably I need to say this now because I might die. <laughs> yeah. It's the end and of the movie. Just, it's the end of the movie and I've got to get it out. <laughs> yeah. And he said it like at the end of a phone call or something. We were just having a normal catch up, like very, I don't know. I mean, I don't do Skypes or anything really with my family, but, you know, I, 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 my phone calls are, I could have not spoken to him in two, three months. I can be in Australia and I'll call him and I'll say, hi, dad, it's Carl. And he'll be like, oh, no, no. And we'll have a little chat. And literally two, three minutes of updates. And then he'll go, right, I'll put your mother on. <laughs> and then it's my mum. And it's same chat, updates. Yeah. All right, well, we'll speak to you soon. And I remember my dad just threw in a, like, I love you. A, like, a little word, I love you. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he just said it. And then passed the phone over to my mum. As if, like, you can just drop that for the first time in your son's life when he's in his 30s and then just pass you on to your mum to go, hello. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a dad way of doing it. Because oh, he was man. like, he was obviously, maybe consciously, subconsciously, he was a bit scared. He obviously was like, maybe I've got to do this, but I'm done. And if he does it and hands it over, then he doesn't have to deal with the consequences Absolutely. of you either saying it. Have you, do you say it to him? Have you ever said it to him? I've said yeah, and but never, like, until that moment, until he started saying it, it took me, I, and this is going to, this sounds just like, obviously, well, I'm part of the problem. I reckon I didn't say it back for ages. Like, it took me a couple of years to, because I was still a bit uncertain. And he wouldn't do it all the time. But especially now, you know, now we've got a baby. He sort of, he, he's, he's broadened it out to lots of love to the little one and all that. You know, there's, he chucks it, everyone gets one now. But it's, yeah, it took me a few, I'll, I'll then go lots of that, yeah. It's, oh yeah, it's, we are. We now say it back to him out now. He started dishing <laughs> he can't him out. Stop, mate. It's like a fruit machine. Once you get one win on it, it starts fucking chucking out pound coins. Um, that's so funny. But you know what's funny as well? Because I, I also maybe this is why we're, we're friends, and, and but there's lots of reasons. But I think there's a funny connection. There is like I realised I haven't. There's something as well different. I think about saying love you, love you to literally. It, 
I love like I love yes, you is definitely. it's such a it's such a um lots of love. Anyone I've said that to my mum all the time, she says it back, but saying that I, is that I, isn't even, yeah, lots of love isn't like like declaring or, your love for or somebody. Or even just just even love you. If you don't put that I, something about hitting I it's so you, if yeah. it's very American if it's very American, we're yeah. in a movie, I love you. I remember yes. I said when I was in Vegas for Christmas a few years back, I don't know if she was pissed off at me because I was in Vegas, but it was my mum. So, you know, like this weird thing, like Irish Catholic uh, brought up. It's like, rather than be like, I'd wish you were here and I love you and I wish you are here. She kind of was just a bit cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why are you in Las Vegas at Christmas, you fucking heathen? But she, uh, <laughs> I said, love you, mum. And she went, ah, oh, thanks. Um, and I was just like, fuck you, Cathy. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> that is so harsh. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Were you brought up with like any kind of work ethic stuff instilled in you by your mum or that uh, or not? Absolutely not. I mean, I reckon it couldn't <laughs> be further from that. Like, this is genuinely, like, I, because my, my, my brother's seven years older than me. He got the lion's share of like their sort of, he got, I, this sounds like uh, harsh. It sounds like I'm dealing with some sort of like residual sort of, dislike of like what I missed out on but my parents had a little golden period where my dad was actually making all right money and my mum was working and like they were still living in the little flat that we grew up in but it was yeah it was sort of they're fine and my brother like they took my brother to my uh to Disney World in Florida at first that was like their biggest overseas holiday ever by the time I came along, seven years later, things had got a bit shit and my dad wasn't earning much and my mum was sort of in between jobs. And like, So I got the tough years when life was hard for them. And I think they just no, basically... No Disneyland for Carl. No no, 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 but they, they also just... Life was harder, so they naturally were a bit more f- stressed. So I didn't get as much of the... You know, because I could tell it. I remember when my... Like, I remember my brother and my mum were really tight. When my brother was in his teens, I remember being like six or seven or eight and seeing how close they were like there was a real like fondness and kindness between them but I just never felt I always felt a little bit like I'd showed up and ruined everything or or was late to the party and sort of missed out on you know you get to the party when it's 1am and everyone's winding it down (laughs) I showed up like that when it was just like ah fuck so like I basically always felt like I was on my own in the family which is good in the sense of it gave me a sense of independence and because financially things were a bit tough and also academically there was nothing like my parents don't have a you know any academia in them my brother failed everything at school we ended up doing like a he went to college and like dropped out and then he ended up just working in like bad low-paid jobs now he's all right he's a car salesman but I didn't have anyone to aspire to in terms of jobs 
academic endeavors or anything so i always sort of just will put all right i'm going it alone and i actually think i developed a sense of independence to go like i'm, I'm not going to do any of these crap jobs that you lot are doing i'm going to go out and find something that i want to do so it was more to not be like them rather than to impress them or do anything else it was more that i'm not going to have this life but that still that still means they like, they're involved in that way, decision yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's definitely like that's what i summoned well i feel like <laughs> definitely, they were involved they didn't know it but they were involved <laughs> no, I, I think that's a i think that's common as well like i feel like with my um not that this is therapy for me but like um but uh yeah my dad's there's some cool there's some definitely some stuff that i realized by osmosis i i gathered but also looked at some shit he did and was like i don't i don't want to be yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy. I don't want to be that guy. Uh, drink driving a car into another car, then spending <laughs> the night in the woods. Um, <laughs> my mum calls me, going, "Can you have a word of your dad?" And I'm like, "I'm like, I'm 18. I'm supposed to be the reckless one." Uh, that's the, I, that's where we've got similarities there. Actually, that my dad was until he became old enough that he couldn't do it anymore. My dad was a liability, essentially. Not uh, he just was so irresponsible like the amount of time i remember being 15 and having like a weekend job and i worked like three i was working like a couple of evenings as well it's pretty sure it was illegal i wasn't allowed to work but so i had i had like a decent income for a 15 year old i was like you know probably in the top one percent of income but um, <laughs> that was a, you peaked at 15 but you're, best, you're like one of those uh football players mate you were the captain of the under 15s and then it just went to shit when everyone else grew up and got bigger than you but uh, my dad would like he'd get he'd get a, a parking ticket once a bloody week or a speeding fine and it would come through the door and he'd get it before my mum saw it and he would come to me and be like can you help me i've got to pay this about your oh, mum now so i can't use the oh, you can't use the card so i'd be 15 and paying my dad's fines and he'd always be like <laughs> i'll pay you back and he'd never paid me back so i basically was like i felt like i was ultimately the responsible adult in the house from about the age of 13 that's funny that's so i relate so hard to that because in a different way my i don't know about that's isn't that a weird i don't know if anyone else's parents my dad the amount of times he used to do shit to me and it was like it was also like dad like had me so he could get like a mate for like from the age of 14 <laughs> to, to cover just, for him yeah he'd just be just get, just, <laughs> just get an alibi he just goes honestly this was the that phrase i had more than anything else when i was a teenager Whatever you do, don't you dare tell your mother. That's what he yeah, said yeah. all the time about like hundred percent all all shit. And I was just like, you just go like, what the fuck? So is that is that must be, be interesting to see how many comedians, especially, have that because I agree, it like makes you it it might not influence you as you think positively, but I guess it teaches you to like I've like not be <laughs> not a fuck up's a harsh word but not be a bloke that is relying on his kids yeah or just yeah stuff. don't be self-reliant that's all that's what be i learned from my parents more than anything and it, and ultimately you i've almost got to look at it in a way that i thank them for it because i don't know if they i don't think they did it intentionally my dad definitely didn't do it intentionally he was just a fucking idiot but um like he's a love my dad's <laughs> he, very funny though he's a he very was a, funny he was, a, he was accidentally a good dad like yeah like he, <laughs> he accidentally did some good parenting he's funny he's really sarcastic he um he's a very nice gentle man um but yeah because he's a bit of a fuck up i just genuinely the things i took from him probably are sense of humor and things like that that were very important but yeah the other things i took were no, not to live your life in that manner not to sort of have be yeah just be so there was never any planning for the future with my dad it was always just just about keeping the walls from the door but actually he could have easily planned for the future i mean like they because they live in a flat which was privately rented but then for on and off long periods it would be they'd be on housing benefits um but when my dad was that golden period i mentioned when my brother was young they, they got offered that right to buy thing you know thatcher brought it in in whatever in the late 70s they could have bought the flat for something like twenty thousand english pounds and my mum to this day reckons my dad could quite comfortably have got a mortgage he was uh, he was a carpenter at the time he had a stable job and apparently my dad was just like oh what's the, what's the point of that like well you know i don't really understand like you know don't want to yeah. sign up to a 25 year mortgage and basically they're now you know they're now still living in that flat and it's fully paid for by the you know the government pay their rent and all that but um it would be worth 
half a million pounds minimum. It's a, it's a little flat, but it's in Tooting, which became super gentrified. So they're sitting on a, over a half a million pound property that my dad could have bought for 20,000 quid 30 years ago. And he just didn't that's, because he thought the paperwork would be too much hassle. I was, that's so funny that I was going to say, is that what it is? And I actually really, really I really relate to your dad there in certain things. <laughs> Hannah's like, can we do this? I'm like, oh God, it's just like, this is what it is there to test you. The yeah. But now, now, now are you really good at paperwork? Has he like passed that on to you? Because of, because you, because that's a lesson I'm you learned. Great right? I'm still a bit, you know, I still carry the odds. I'm not the best at organizing my finances, but what I've, what I was clever enough to do was because not that I make loads of money or anything, but, um, I got, yeah, I, somebody, I knew how I knew my limitations with finances. So I, I paid a man as financial advisor to set up savings accounts where money just goes out of my account into them. And I can hardly, I don't even, I've got to message him to get the money. And have like, you not, have you not thought about doing what your dad did and just sort of waiting until Twyla's a bit older and then you just <laughs> borrow, off her, borrow it off she? her when she's got a paper round. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's that thing of, I learned to, work with my limitations whereas my dad just always just let him be and just it was always the amount of times when I was young when bailiffs would knock because my dad had hidden a parking fine or something just basically it came he didn't want my mum to see it I was too young and I wasn't working yet because I was 12 so he just like what he'd do is just throw it in the bin and hope it just goes away and then flash forward three months there'd be a there'd be bailiffs banging at the door to try and take the telly and my dad would just be like, and my, my mum would be shouting at my dad, what, what's going on? He'd be like, oh, I forgot to pay. <laughs> it's like, you fucking donuts. And you had to, what did you you had think to keep your happen? mouth shut. You had to keep your mouth shut. Is yeah, that so, so funny? I said I'd never be that person. That's funny. So so do you think, well, that you haven't been that person, I guess, in what you do with your career and stuff. But like, that's so interesting though. I, fi- I find it very fascinating how certain people are like, their dad or their mum, and often if it's guys, I guess it's the dad, it's like they're pushing what they want into them and they, they try and live up to it and they fail. But like, yeah, that's funny. I think we're cut from that same cloth of like seeing what the dad's done and going, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> it's like it's like being a comedian, isn't it? That, yeah, joke, yeah, yeah, that yeah. joke didn't work, so yeah. I will change that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll do a completely different joke. But that's so interesting that that's – and also uh, – the fact that he they've <laughs> dads don't like they like don't like talk, saying I love you and stuff, but their products of they're better versions of their dads, which is funny. Definitely, I really, yeah. I don't. My my dad doesn't talk much about his dad. I never met him because he died before I was born. But I reckon he was a pretty hard, from like a rough little part of Western Ireland, and you know I don't think he was an easy man to you know. And my mum's side, you know, her mum was really like hard going on them and like you know i've heard stories about their childhood that makes me just wince so you know so that, I maybe get that's it. why I've, that's why they were so hands-off with you because they were yeah, like probably i don't want to be yeah. up in carl's grill so i'll take a step back and then you were probably like probably yeah. in between the two might have been yeah yeah, yeah. you know show some balance. interest in my academic <laughs> you know I didn't show up to one like sort of you know some exams and stuff, and they wouldn't. They didn't even know I had them. They didn't know what days I had my GCSEs or anything. They just, I just <laughs> they, go to school and come back. They never asked if I even went. They said bunk loads. Did, am I right in saying you did you fail? No, hang on. Did you fail some exams? GCSEs I actually end up doing all right, purely through sort of you know doing the bare minimum. I was I was not the most academic, but I was clever enough to manage. To, I was good at exams actually. Weirdly, I was one of them people that. Wouldn't do any work for two years, but then two days before I'd be like, right, let's see what this is all about and read it and just memorise it and then go and just get a, a decent mark. That. What's this geography about then? Oh, <laughs> all right. Addis Ababa. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cumulo Nimbus you... clouds. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Did you, uh, fucking Oxbow Lakes all over that. Um, did you... <laughs> Did you hang on? But am I, was it was it A levels or A, a levels? You failed or something? Was something? I, some, I didn't, didn't you not turn up to an exam? I didn't turn up to my ancient history A level because I was just woke up late, got on the bus, realised I was going to miss the start, and thought ah, I've not really done the work for this. Let's just allow it. So I went and sat in a coffee shop and waited for my mates to be finished their A level, and then just texted and said, "Come and meet me." Did your parents find out about that? No, well, they, they probably, I don't know if they didn't know what A-levels are, so. 
kids. Like, you know, it's some fine. kids, some kids are listening to this. Are like, God, I wish my parents didn't know have any yeah. grass. But but those but, but it's a middle ground again, isn't it? Like I'm not yeah, saying yeah. I've got. I, I had friends whose parents were so breathing down their necks and putting pressure on them that actually, my mates they didn't enjoy school because they felt like it was. You know, it wasn't just them trying to get grades. It was them trying to impress their parents and do what their parents wanted and go into the career they wanted. Like, ultimately, some of them ended up super successful. Like my mate um, Sam, his family, yeah, he's from a Chinese family. And, you know, they were full on, you know, you've got to work hard because they they'd come from China and then they set up a little, like, fish and chip shop in Morden and they'd worked hard to have their business and they wanted the best for Sam. So they pushed him so hard. He ended up, you know, being the head boy of the school and he ended up going to Oxford and now he's he's literally like a partner at PwC. He's just a millionaire. So obviously financially worked out for them and him. So but you know, that that feels like a bit extreme for me. But I would have liked, yeah, yeah. you know, it would have been nice in hindsight maybe to have some you know, it wouldn't for them to come in now and again and say, Have you done your homework? <laughs> Might have been nice. That would have yeah, that would have been nice. So now now that they're older and your dad said love you and as your mum as your mum said I love you to you before. Yeah, she's um my mum was somebody who was always it was very mood dependent because she had a lot of is- she's had a lot of issues in her life with her mental health. That same actually as same as my mum. Yeah, and there's been periods where you wouldn't even you couldn't expect that of her just because she wasn't in the right headspace. But there's periods like you know. Also, they, they, my parents were very, they were party people as well for a lot of my life. You know, when they were sort of, they, they would be out at the weekend getting, and like when they were drunk, they were the most loving people on earth. <laughs> because when you're drunk, yeah, you love everyone, right? So they, I'd be showered with love when they were pissed. But, you know, the moment they'd wake up, it'd be like back to normal. But so like, my mum was very much one of them who, she'd have a few wines in her and she'd be grabbing me and telling me she like she loved me and that, but... Yeah, but you know, sober. I don't think she was madly. What What, what, what do you giving. think would happen? Right? What do you think would happen right now? I was thinking about this. if you just <laughs> if you just I know what time is it? You're in Australia. It's what time is it? Four fifteen in the UK. So they're not awake. What would happen theoretically if you just texted your? your uh, do they even have a mobile phone? Your parents? My mum doesn't. My dad does. Not very. He can't just, do text though, but what, he can read them. <laughs> what if you? What would happen if you just texted him out of the blue? I love you on a text. I genuinely think now he now would, now he's thought now about he would be like well, that's nice you know what I mean he'd probably I don't <laughs> think he can't really, he couldn't reply but he probably would call me back when and say like oh, you're, he'd probably ask me if I was all right first actually he'd call me and say is everything all right which I think is the you know because it would be out of character but I do yeah. think like if up until ten years ago though that would have been he would have genuinely called me and gone like, what are you talking about? Well, you know, that would, yeah. <laughs> would have been, I remember chatting about this. I don't know if I told you about how I once went to see, um, and we can, it's not, this isn't a criticism or anything. It's actually great, but there's a comedian called Jason Cook in the UK. You know him. Um, yeah. Jason did a really like sort of lovely show about his dad. Um, his dad had a stroke and then I think sadly later down the line died. But like um, the sh- before that, like when his dad had a stroke, Jason did this show where the end of the show was very sad and like it was all about how much he loved his dad essentially and how you know how easy it is to lose your parents whatever and he said you know so after this show you know just go out there call your dad and tell him you love him and obviously most of the crowd are crying and stuff like that but I was sitting next to Jim Jeffries me and Jim had gone to see the show together and uh and both of us sort of giggled to ourselves Obviously, because we've got similar, must have similar family experiences. And we walked out after the show and turned to each other and, and we, you know, and just went, if I called my dad now and said, I love you, <laughs> my dad would be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what's I happened? Know. Have you got, have you got a I disease know. or something? I know. Like it, we both so just, weird. it was such an alien concept for us. That's what's, in, that's what's interesting to me with like your, your dad does actually, in a good way, I think he doesn't really, he doesn't really, not taking interest, but he isn't he doesn't care t- too much about your work, which actually is good because my dad's way of I've realised is showing love is like he won't he hates talking about anything to do with love or kissing yeah, yeah. or anything. Um, <laughs> isn't like once I found out, I told you when I found out that when he was dating my mum, 
um, he was seeing another woman uh, and my mum said, you have to break up with this other woman if you want to go out yeah. He went, okay. And then he he didn't do that because it was too awkward for him. So he just kept dating another woman. And I was like, oh, dad, that's funny. Tell me about it. He was just like, oh, I'm just, oh, oh, blah, 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 blah. but uh, his way of showing love in that very like masculine kind of slightly generational way is just, it's always about work or money or yeah, yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. which I don't think he means it to be like, I guess in one way it's good, like it makes you feel like, oh, I should, you know, having a decent work ethic. But I think subconsciously I'm like every day I need to be yeah, yeah, yeah. working and doing and and having stuff. It's that weird thing even like you talked about, like having something to talk to your parents and give them some news. Because if you just didn't, didn't do anything yeah. and we're not like loving people, we're not going to talk, I mean, what are we talk about? The royal family that my mum... Well, one, for, the one thing I will say... And this this is sort of a defence of that style of parenting they've gone for, mine and your parents probably, like that sort of slightly standoffish parenting where, you know, you don't sort of, you're not giving of everything. There's not much to give back. Like, they don't expect anything. My parents don't expect anything from me, really. Like, I get a call now and again when my dad's phone's playing up or, you know, they need some admin sorted. Uh, but, like, I've got friends who are from really close families. My mate Nick's from an Italian family. And literally throughout our lives, like every, it would be like somebody's 21st birthday and they'd be having a party and you, everyone would text around, right, this is the plan. We're going da, 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 da. And Nick would always be like, oh, I've got a family dinner. Like he's, he always had to go to family events. Like family was treated as more important than your friends. Whereas for me, and I think you're similar, my family has never, like my family could be having something so important. Like I've, there's been funerals, like my grandparents' funerals and stuff, where my mum's been like, oh, you're sure you don't have to come if you don't want to. Like, it's like so laid back. That's true. That actually, That's I never feel like they've put pressure on me to do anything. So actually, everything I do for them, I do it out of, not duty. I don't feel like I have to do it. I'm doing it because I want to do it for them. There's no sense of like, oh, fucking here we go. I've got a That's buddy. That's a good point. I'm not actually talking so about it. That's quite nice. Go, yeah, it's like, this is a nice thing and they will like it, but also... If I don't, they're not gonna. It's not gonna ruin their <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't. Have we ever talked about buying presents for family? Because that is one of the funniest. Like my mum, I get my mum perfume or flowers, and she loves it. Like she thinks oh, it's because it's quite a romantic scent. My dad's so unromantic and so shit. I don't think he's ever bought her a present. That does your has your dad ever like my dad called you and gone? what should I get for your mother and then made you get it for him? Uh, no, yeah, I would normally just get it. I would just, I wouldn't even give him the option. I'd just say, right, I'll go and get mum's present for you. Just, I'll, I'll wrap it and I'll write it. You don't even have to be involved. And mate, you are, right? a, you are a good present giver because your dad is a presents. shit present giver. Yeah, totally. I learned from yeah, the, same. from how not to I do it. I feel like the lesson I'm taking from this is like, if your dad's shit at stuff, <laughs> you're you'll gonna be, be good, good at it. it. <laughs> so to be a yeah. good parent, you should just be yeah. awful. Not awful, um, but, but, you know what I mean. it, but I used to buy my dad uh, like this is hundred percent rate of like Christmases and birthdays. It would either be it would be an aftershave that would be either, either be Christmas or birthday. Uh, and if I didn't whatever I didn't get him for Christmas or birthday, the other one I would get him a nice shirt tie combination. That was it, right? That is every present I ever bought my dad when I was about fifteen or sixteen. For some reason I thought I'm done. I, what we do? Why am I? Why why do I have to buy him the same things? Can't you just have something different for once? And I bought him a Dean Martin CD. <laughs> and <laughs> on my life, he looked at it like I'd wrapped a shit up and just given it to him. <laughs> why Dean Martin? Just because, I don't know, uh, I thought it'd be a nice sort of... Does he like you know, Dean Martin? Well, he just, no, he, this is the thing about my daddy's got no hobbies or interests. <laughs> yeah. like, but I thought, you're in a... He must like, I was like, everyone from that generation likes Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, all those guys. I just thought, <laughs> I'll get him a nice Dean Martin compilation. He can put it on in the car while he's driving and he'll have sort of, that's a more So I gave it to him and all my life, he sort of looked at it like... What's this? And I said, it's a D-Mind CD you can listen to in the car. I, I'm 100% confident that never even got put in the car, mate. <laughs> that went in the bin. I've told you that about my mum putting stuff fo- in the bin, haven't that, I? That followed, the, that followed the parking tickets, mate. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one? I, did I t- I've told you about the time. I can't remember what the present was now. Like I saw yeah, a present I gave it? to my mum in the bin. Wasn't it like a smelly something that smelt? And she said it Yeah, it was stunned. probably something like a, a bath set or, or something. something. No, it was yeah. incense, oh, it's an incense no. holder. <laughs> um, that I bought her with some incense and um, 
I went around about a month later and couldn't see it. I was like, "Where's?" I said, "Where's that incense holder that I bought you for?" It was, I think, it was a, one of her birthday presents, and she just openly went, "Oh yeah, I put that in the bin." And I was like, "What?" She went, "I put it in the bin. I didn't like the smell." I was like, "You didn't have to throw it away. You could have bloody given it to someone else. Just in the bin." I like Brutal. that. It's just that she's just like, "There's no point. No one at charity shop would even want this. There's no. There's no, no. Do you know what? I'm saving other people from the misery of this." I'm going to bid it. That's so funny. My, uh, I remember my dad actually was, uh, it's that weird thing of, it's, it's so funny because your dad obviously like really just liked the shirt and tie and yeah. he almost, but he he probably wanted to be like, this is great, keep it coming, but didn't, like my dad used to always say the thing, what do you want, what do you want for Christmas, dad? He go, don't get me anything. Don't get me yeah. anything. I don't want anything. Said it every time. Then one year, uh, I think it was his birthday, so we, me and my mum and my sister, so we didn't get anything. And he was like, Really? He, look, he honestly looks. He looked like your. He looked wicked. like your mum. He looked like your mum probably would have looked the moment she uh, set a light to that incense. <laughs> he looked mortified. And then we was like, "It's a fake out. We've got it." And I was like, "Just so funny. Just guy. Just express yeah, yeah. yourself. You. You just be want honest, presents. mate. Be honest. You silly old fucker. Um, but." <laughs> Men with love. Oh, here's a, here's a couple more things I wanted to ask you. Here's something I only clocked the other day. I had a weird moment. I don't know, it's because it's pandemic. It's been a year indoors and you start overthinking everything. But I remembered um, I, my friend Tom, who you know, who's a chef. He's my oldest friend. And I remember, did you ever, and I know you used to hang out with friends from a young age. Did you have someone, like a family? Did you have like a second family? You, I, I haven't done it yet. And I don't know why I'm scared to do it. Because I feel like it might come out of nowhere. But I really want to email his mum and dad and right. just go thank you for like being my other parent that sounds right. weird yeah, 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 maybe yeah. I'm, I'm that's nice because they I realised that when I went to his they were very openly yeah. lovey-dovey and I rung him the other day and I was like mate I just realised like your mum and dad they're just they were so nice to me and like you guys all loved each other and your mum probably even said I love you <laughs> my mum probably didn't my mum was going through some stuff and my dad was always away or drinking or whatever and uh, they were so openly lovey and all that and then um, he went mate what are you talking about I used to love going to your mum and dad's I could swear <laughs> and I was like that's, that's exactly, so yeah. is that is that what, do you reckon that's everyone like whatever I think I definitely think you've got favourite friends parents but not for different reasons because like, a lot of my mates growing up was second generation Irish as well like all our families were relatively similar but some of them were a bit stricter than others like my house was sort of nicknamed the Doss house because it was the one where it was almost like the sort of embassy you could come to if you messed up do you know what I mean like even from the age of like 15 or 16 if you got if like we went out drinking and things got a bit somebody got a bit too pissed they would always stay at mine because my parents were just properly like this will never leave this house. Like they, because my parents were a bit pissed up, you know, a bit wild themselves. Like you could just literally, I could, I could drag a mate in just totally out of it, and he'd just crash in my room. And yeah, he, my parents would be totally cool for him to say, I asked, you know, we, he, I stayed at Carl's and his parents like made me breakfast and stuff in the morning, like as if nothing happened. They were really like, it was, became quite a good thing. Like during a period. Like where my mate Garrett, his parents were real strict Catholic Irish. Um, the rule was every Sunday he had to go to mass, but he was allowed to go on his own. He didn't have to sit with him. He could just go and sit in the back. But he just started, he'd skip mass, go, walk past the church, come to my house and sit there for an hour. And my parents would just never say a word that he was there instead of mass. So cool. my house was like the sort of the go-to one that friends were like, this is the best place because there's no rules. <laughs> but is, um, is- <laughs> I didn't really, I had, I had friends who, I, yeah, I got them with everyone's parents, but there was no house where I was like, I'd go to for actual family stuff. Also, some of my friends had messed up sort of, their parents had split up and things like that. So like, I think I was, I was always quite, I was always very happy at home because my parents genuinely let me just do what the fuck I want. Like, and some of it was like, we won't ask if you don't tell us. So like, I used to smoke out my window at home when I was like 15. And, and that obviously is would have been, you obviously would be able to smell that. In of course, they but like, I mean, they was, they smoked at the time. So the house, you know, would have noticed. <laughs> your you house, know. if you walk past your house, it's just like three different <laughs> windows of different <laughs> like generations smoking. <laughs> Just like a Turkish geezer sitting inside, just puffing. You've got loads of cab drivers just sitting outside, coffee, watching an illegal stream of football. (laughs) 
Uh, no wonder your mates love going around yours. Yeah, of course. Yeah, my mate Garrett, he'd literally come round at 6pm every Sunday, um, skip mass, and we'd sit in my room, just open the window and just have a couple of facts. Like, it's the most... It's Looking back, it was pretty degenerate at times, but my parents were so chilled with me drinking. As long as I... You know, it was that thing of... They trusted me, knowing that I had a... I, they trusted that I would always come home safely because they knew it, I wouldn't get in trouble. I wouldn't go out and s- end up passing out in a park or anything. They just let me, they were like, look, you can do this. Just come back safely. And actually it ended up being quite a good deal. Well, um, uh, before we wrap up then, in, in, this is obviously going to be guest dependent, but you have a, have a young child and you had your parents with their, their, their unique style of parents. It will call it. What, <laughs> what are you, what, what do you want to do? Uh, slightly different, and maybe take take a leaf out of their book and pass on to. I, it's, to the I think it's that middle ground thing. I genuinely think, like, I'm hyper aware to not flip so far the other way. I don't want to be an overbearing parent who expects a lot from my child. One thing I've learned from my parents is actually there is a real benefit to giving them their own space, letting them be who they want to be. You're like the arson Ven- they're like the arson vengers of parenting. You just let yeah. people expre- express themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also as, uh... take an interest as well, because that's one <laughs> thing my parents never took an interest in anything I did. Yeah. So, you know, ultimately, even though it's ended up making me go and always try and be my own person, it would have been nice, I think, to have some form of interest. So I think I'm just going to, I'm going to, I think it's really seeped in and I'm going to be, you know, always aware that, don't go over the top, but also don't don't just kick back and be like, oh, where are they? I've not seen them in three days, like, which is often <laughs> something I would do. I would sometimes, when I was like 13, like I went through a period where I would just go down to my mates in Croydon for, for weekends. I'd finish school, come home, <laughs> pack a bag, and I'd go there. I'd come back Sunday evening. Like My parents were just cool with that. They didn't know where I was, what I was doing. I just, I'm just off for the weekend, and they just, they trusted me. With, and I was, you know, I was obviously, I was smoking weed and getting up to some naughtiness, but nothing major, like bad. Like bad. But I do look back and think, you know, I think that give is a, a bit. Give much. a little bit of a shit. Yeah, and this was pre-mobile phones as well, so I was literally gone. <laughs> there was no contact for three days, whatever, two days. <laughs> Imagine if you'd actually gone missing to go to the police station. When did he go missing? Obviously, they have to be gone for at least 24 hours ago. He actually went away last March was the last time we saw him. Yeah. It's almost been he was going away for a weekend. What do you mean going away for a weekend? He's 13. Yeah, he just goes away for weekends. What can we, you know, he's had a tough week. He he, he commutes to school. (laughs) This is his London home. He actually spends the rest of his weekends in his country house. He's in Milton Keynes on the weekends. (laughs) Um, uh, Before we wrap up, Carl, do you want to hear? I think I showed you, but I just want to just play this to listeners as well. This is uh, my dad, and as I said, my mum, they both have different ways of showing it, but uh, do you want to hear? Uh, me trying to get my dad to say I love you because uh, he does he does what's funny is my dad does love me and he's very loving and how proud he is and all that and it's interesting that you said like your parents are kind of proud I think you can show pride in a few more ways but it is that funny thing of and I just anyone listening if they have a parents that are awkward expressing themselves and they're just they feel like they're doing a lot of stuff to make them love just listen to what happened when I tried to get my dad to say I love you well, yeah but why 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 doing this sort of shit just why are we doing this why are you doing this sort of shit (laughs) yeah for for a podcast by accident that wasn't why i was doing it but um i did actually start recording zooms with my parents quite morbidly in case they die and i wanted some video evidence because i just realized sounds morbid i realized we don't have there's families at video and we have any like we said we're not we're not super Everyone has this weird, it's like a collection of people that live together who yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. like and love each other, but don't, we don't video shit. And I was like, oh, it would be good to have some video evidence. So yes. just a little thing, uh, as you've got a kid yourself, Carl, I'd say this early, do some form of video. I'm sure there's loads of videos going on with the yeah, baby. But we're quite good for photos and videos. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not one of them obsessive parents that films loads, but like too, I've got, too many. my childhood is semi undocumented. Like there's photos, photos of me when I was a baby and then there's probably one at every five-year interval until I'm 50. <laughs> there's, there's no evidence of what happened in that time. My parents just weren't were, photo types. They were mainly taken by a man in Croydon who used to live with... 
Or the school fo- the school photos were the only evidence I had a childhood, essentially. <laughs> That's so true. Now, I'm the same. There's like, there's a couple of me as a baby. There's one of me as about, and they're right, they're just school photos. They were like, There's always just one of you with your dick out when you're a baby in a back <laughs> garden. And then it's flash forward, you're 15 and you're at school. It's like, oh, cool. That was my childhood, was it? <laughs> you're in a photo with a hundred other boys and that's it that's it that's it. <laughs> whereas now whereas now it's just going to be sifting through 58 oh, photos God. of the same angle of the same kid that are all interspersed with loads of horrific whatsapp photos you've got sent <laughs> it's like it's brutal it's, um it's funny because i was hope we're not i'm not hoping but you i feel like you're gonna be one of the most well-balanced people i talk to on this who actually is quite a, like good at his motivations and why he's doing it isn't so uh but I want to say to everyone on this at the end, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, Carl. Cheers, mate. Thanks. But I want to, one thing I will that. say, just as, a, as an aside, um, I definitely did used to have some resentment about my parents until about seven or eight years ago. Um, I think it was one of them things where I was like, oh, it's cool, man. They let me be my own person. But then as I got into my early 30s and went through a divorce and I had some time to really contemplate my life, it did all dawn on me that I was carrying some... Re- uh, resentment towards my parents for at the time I thought making me the person I am and I was looking at my flaws and thinking these are their fault and then what actually happened was I did some therapy and I did some other things like you know some hippie shit like ayahuasca and stuff Mm -hmm. and all of that thrown it to one side I think it was probably just a period of time I had to go through to work it out I realized that my parents had a lot of stuff on their plate probably and they've got some history themselves that they've probably never dealt with and they were just who they were. And ultimately, I just once I let all that go, I could look at them and be much more lighthearted and be like, oh, they're just a bit of fun, aren't they? They did their best times. That's healthy. I think when you see, when we when we get that, that age or that point in our life where we, you know, there's definitely stuff I wish my parents had done differently. But then you can also just go, they're just like, none, no one know, none of us know what we're doing. Like at the end Absolutely. of the day. Absolutely. And it's, what's the worst? What's worse? Like accepting that your parents were just maybe sometimes a bit shit. Um, and then getting on with your life without resenting them or holding on to that. That's such a bad thing to hold on to. Like that. this like weight of thinking your parents ruined you. It's like fucking, know, you know, that's know. that's bad enough it, to th- even like, you know, do you not think your parents have probably got some, uh, secretly probably got some questions about how they did it. They might be thinking, oh, I wish we'd done this, I wish we'd done that. Let them think that. You just get on with your life and just let them be. That's it, mate. That's it. I feel like you've like sort of, come up with the answer for this podcast on the phone <laughs> there's nowhere to go there's nowhere and it was to a go. one and done one and done series guys so, so, <laughs> fixed someone, it. someone comes on and starts going oh, i've got all it i go hang on let me just play you this two minute summary <laughs> from carl donnelly about how your parents did their best and actually you can forge your own direction in life and then i go oh yeah that will save me <laughs> hundreds if not thousands of pounds of therapy yeah uh but thanks for doing it mate it's nice no worries, to, it's nice to chat Love, to you in a nice. formal it is. It's also nice to chat about some, you know, personal things. Uh, but thanks, mate. Where can people find you online? Online. Just Twitter and Instagram, I suppose, isn't it? At Carl Donnelly. They can find me. I do some silly tweets. I do some dumb Instagrams. Do some podcasts. But all the info's on there. Hi, John. I sounded like a guy from Commando there. Hey, John. Dance like no one's watching. Shut your eyes. Bloody go for it, John. Hey, yeah, you can do it, mate. Go on. All right, Dad, that was Carl Donnelly with, I thought, very good advice. Dance like no one's watching. Well, I was, I was a bit con- confused about his advice. I thought he wanted me to go Commando. I wasn't so keen on that. No. <laughs> He's referencing the movie Commando with oh, Arnold yes. Schwarzenegger, where he oh, yes, yes. Uh, basically overthrows uh, um, an island of baddies on his own uh, with the help oh, yeah. of a lady. There's a, there's a, there's a female... Uh, love interest in the movie. I forget her name. Well, Mr. Schwarzenegger is quite good at that sort of thing. He's quite good at that sort of thing. He's very good at uh, beating up lots of people uh, almost on his own. So he said, he just referenced that movie uh, because he said his name like uh, John Matrix has said by Bennett, the character. It was very convoluted. What the point was, he was saying, say I love you like no one's watching. So maybe with your eyes closed or something like that. How does that sound as an idea? Well, I could try it. All right. So let me, so dad, okay, you're going to try it? You're actually going to try it. All right, let's see it. Okay. I think he's going to say it. Final episode. All right, let's hear it. Dad, what what, what happened there? You just closed your eyes and then you it looked like you mouthed something, but I didn't hear anything. Why is that? Because I went on mute. 
Why did you go on mute? Because I, I didn't want you to hear it. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. So you wanted to say I love you like no one could hear you. Is that what you, you took that advice yeah. from it? Unbelievable arsehole. Well, it was a strange piece of advice, but I think it might probably work because uh, otherwise we, you can't do another set with, with, with this unless if, I, if I've broken the rule book. So you think if you say I love you out loud to me and I hear it, then I'll stop doing this series and we won't get to hang out. Anymore, yeah. Okay. I guess that's true. You know what, Dad? I've grown a lot this series as well. And I think maybe, you know, I should just know that you love me and I shouldn't be so obsessive. You're saying it. Yes, it was interesting talking to all your friends. You know what I wanted was you to say I love you. But what I've really gained from this podcast is growing closer to you as a person. And that's the win I didn't think I wanted, but turns out I did want. Does that make sense? Yes, that's interesting. Yeah. It's been fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A podcast from producer paul.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.